Good morning. Uh, please stand so we can say our confession. Ready? Read. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an internal impact on the lives of others. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this service, Father God. We thank you for sending your, uh, your Holy Spirit down to help guide this service so that we would listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If this life I lose, I will follow you. 
Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. You know, we sang a song this morning about it's a new season. And in that song, we sang it's a season of power and prosperity. But you know what kept coming out instead of prosperity? This is the season of power and authority. This is the season of power and authority. And then the last song we sang about was the authority that's been given to us because of the greater one that lives on the inside of us. The first song we sang talked about, I will follow you. Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. What you tell me to do, I'll do. Sweet surrender to him. Amen? And so Jesus said that all power in heaven and earth has been given unto him. And then he turned around to those who he had walked with all those years, the three years that he was with them. And he said, now you go. 
And he said, the same works that I did, you'll do, but even greater works. It's time to do those greater works. Amen? And we do them empowered by the Holy Ghost, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so when we stand up and we sing, I have the authority, we can know we have it. We can walk in that authority. Remember the centurion that Jesus saw. And when he saw that centurion, he came to him and he said, my servant is at home on the deathbed. He was sick. And he said, okay, well, I'll come with you. Jesus was ready to go. And he said, no, 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 don't come. But just send the word because I know what it means to have authority. He said, speak the word only. Send it. When I speak, people do what I tell them to do. <laughs> so I'm a man under authority. He was over a company of soldiers, and so he knew he was over a whole company of them. And all he had to do was speak a word, and they did what they were supposed to do. We've got military people in here this morning. <laughs> they understand what it means to be under someone's command. You've got to be self-sacrificing, selfless, to put yourself in a position to be told, this is what you're going to do. When I say brush your teeth, you brush your teeth. <laughs> that takes a lot of humility, doesn't it? It takes a lot of humility to be able to surrender yourself to someone's command and to do whatever they ask you to do. And that's what we do with the Father. Thank God he's loving. <laughs> He doesn't bark orders at us like they do when you're in the military. <laughs> he is loving. Now, he'll tell you the way you need to hear it. But he's given you authority. And so when you speak the word and you know whose you are and who the greater one on the inside of you is, when you speak the word, expect things to change because you have authority. You know, sometimes we rely on someone else's authority. I see them walk in their authority. Let me go ask them for some, some prayer. And for the, but you are filled with authority because he's given you his name. The name of Jesus is above every name. And it's available for you to speak in Jesus' name. And so let's do that this morning. So find someone, maybe one, two, three, four of you get together and just speak the name of Jesus over situations and circumstances. We'll do that song again while they do this. So exercise your authority. Remember, when we come to church, we make our supply available. <laughs> we make our supply. So connect with a couple people. I'm gonna go see the 
We thank you for your glorious name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. There's power in prayer. Amen. There's power in the prayer of agreement. And so we're grateful for that opportunity. See, if you stayed home today, that person on your right or your left wouldn't have been able to receive what you deposited to them today, what you imparted to them today. Hallelujah. Thank you for making your supply available. We appreciate that. God appreciates that. And, you know, you'll never know the impact of a simple prayer like that. Sometimes we need to see something real big happen and ah, you'll never know until we get to heaven the impact that our prayers have on this earth. A word in season can change everything. Hallelujah. I like I was reading a verse in Psalm 37 verse 5. It says, open up before God. Keep nothing back. He'll do whatever needs to be done. He'll validate your life in the clear light of day and stamp you with approval at high noon. <laughs> so what's the condition? Open up before God. And so just open your heart to him this morning. He is here. His presence is here. And, and, and maybe you're looking for approval or validation or, you know, I'm trying to get away from my past, break away from what I used to be. I just want you to know that God validates you. Amen. He approves of you. You've been approved by him. He loves you. And so I think sometimes we strive, we keep striving within ourselves and say, how do I break away? Just open up to him. Open up to him and let him do his work in you. The word says that he's working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so let him do it. I know that sounds sometimes easier said than done in this world that we live in. But you know what? It starts with, God, I'm opening up to you. <laughs> A simple thing. God, I'm opening up to you. And, and I'm withholding nothing from you. Because you don't withhold anything from me. Let him into those areas. The reason we struggle with the past and the reason we struggle with things that we were and we're not trying to be is because we haven't opened up that area to him yet. There are areas that we have closed. There's a do not enter sign on there in the spirit because we're not fully open yet to his instruction or maybe his correction in that way. But if we just open up before him completely, we all have those areas. My mom used to have a living room we couldn't go in unless company came. There was plastic on the couches. And man, when you sat in them chairs in the summertime, whoo, you got up with burns on your legs because you stuck to the couch. <laughs> You're like, oh! <laughs> yeah, so she had room, a room that it was just, we had a red velvet couch. It was beautiful. I wish we still had that. It would make for a nice room. Red velvet couch and, and with black and, but, plastic on it zippered up plastic on it and yeah and so no eating in there that was the room that you just didn't go into you know when company came those French doors open and go ahead go in go right in and so uh, but you stay out of there you know well we do that to the Lord sometimes it may look all pretty and nice on the outside but it needs some work on the inside so you know we just say Lord just 
uh, talk to me about this right now, but just stay away from that. I'm not ready. <laughs> not ready yet. But you know what? Let him shine his light in that area. Let him in. Let him in, fully in. Stay open to him and let him do what he wants to do. Because his plan for you is always good. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. God bless you this morning. Thank you. Glory to God. Go ahead, Good morning, Father's House Family Church. It is Nasha Barton here with this week's upcoming events and announcements, so listen up. I would like to first welcome all of our first-time guests and visitors. If this is your first time joining us, we welcome you. We thank God for you joining our worship service this morning. We would like for you to go ahead and pick up a connection card from one of our ushers if you haven't already. We would love for you to go ahead and fill that out and then return it to one of the ushers or during our offering time, you can go ahead and put it in the bucket. We have a gift for you. So please don't forget to pick one up, fill out that quick information, return it, and we have a thank you gift for Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We pray that you enjoy the service and that you come back and see us very, very soon. I would like to also remind us about our family prayer night that is taking place this Wednesday at 7 p.m. It is going to be an awesome time in the Lord. I hope that you are stirring yourselves up in the Lord, that you are going to come with expectation of the movement of God's spirit. He will be in our midst, and so you don't want to be absent. Make sure you're here in the building. Come with expectation, and it's going to be make your supply available. Come expecting, and I know God is going to meet us there. Amen. Hallelujah. On April the 17th, it's Easter, or as we like to call it, Resurrection Sunday. And we are already expecting God to move in a great way. We would love to encourage you to start inviting your friends and family out to join you for that service. Survey shows that 83% of people who come to church, they come because of an invite from a friend or family member. And so let's use that to our advantage. We have been praying for our loved ones. We have been believing God for them. And now we can go ahead and invite them and expect God to move on their hearts to come and join us. So ask the Lord who it is that he would like for you to invite. Invite those people. And we're believing God with you that your family and friends are going to come and join you on Resurrection Sunday. Amen. And last but not least, I would like to remind us about International Raymond Day. On May the 1st, we're going to bring our offering together as a family. We're going to pray over it. We're going to believe the Lord to multiply it and cause it to be a blessing in the life of someone else. We're going to sow this to Rhema Bible Training School. And we're going to cheerfully give. Amen. And so that's May the 1st. Continue to ask the Lord what it is he wants for you to give. Remember, our goal is $500 this year. And we're believing God that we are going to meet that goal. Amen. Are you in agreement with that? Amen. We're going to meet that goal in Jesus' name. And that concludes our announcements for this week. So at this time, it's time to give. And we're going to welcome Mr. Eric Murphy up to receive our offering. Let's receive him. morning how we doing is everybody excited as i am today i'm always excited but for some reason when i get to come up here it's like i got something to say um 
it's funny that we we're talking about the authority because it says take the take take our authority, but are we are we using it? And a few weeks ago, we went to a prayer conference, and the Holy Spirit's been working on me. I'll get to the offering in a minute. I just have a couple things I'd like to say first. The it was called the Experience in God Prayer Conference, and before we went to that, the Holy Spirit was really working on me about praying more. And, you know, I pray all the time, driving, if I'm just sitting there in the shower, it's easy. All you got to do is move your lips and just talk to God. But we have a way of making things difficult. So at this prayer conference, they were saying, keep it simple. Make it simple. They were saying, God's more real than this pulpit right in front of me. And I, I, we all make things harder, especially us men, when it comes to directions. Now we have GPS, but we don't use that, right? Things around the house, things around the house, we'll, we make difficult, you know, children toys and trying to put them together. I don't need the directions. I don't know what these extra pieces are for, but. So we have a way of making everything difficult. And so why wouldn't we make talking to God more difficult? Because that's what we're good at, is making things harder. So at this prayer conference, they talked about how easy it was to connect with God, with the Holy Spirit how much power he has, and how easy it is to bring the spirit realm in heaven on earth. But we have to open that window. We have to walk through that door. We have to move our lips and get in the word and connect it with our prayer lives. And then great things will happen. But our problem is we don't want great things for ourselves. We want them from some, for somebody else, right? So I might get a little emotional because... That's how it happens to me. I'm speaking from the heart. It's so difficult, but <clears throat> I always want to say, hey, I'm happy for you. We're happy for you. I want big things for you. I want better things for you. I want you to be in a great relationship. We're never saying, what about me? And if we do, it's usually in a negative sense. Oh, they have that. Why don't I? But God wants us to have what our heart desires. But he's, he's up there in heaven saying, well, let me. You have the authority. But we always want to make things difficult and say, well, this is going good right now, but you know that devil's coming. Or I'm feeling good about this. I'm taking care of this over here, but now the devil's working over here. Or I did this. I, I might have said some bad words at, at, at work yesterday. Or maybe I gave my wife a hard time. Well, we repent. We say, God, I want to be back in your will. And to keep ourselves in his will is to stop looking at sin and keep your eyes on God. And that sin that's there on the outside won't come in and be a distraction to us. So I wrote down on here, Somewhere in my, I always feel like people are watching me when I'm up here. It's strange. But. So I said, we have the authority. We have the authority. We need to use it. But keep it simple. The power of prayer. In James chapter 5, we'll start at verse 13. 
Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. And then I'll skip down to 15. It says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. It's that simple. Right here in my Bible, it's in black and white. But what do we want to do? We want to talk to other people. So I know I don't have much time up here, but this prayer conference, there are some excellent speakers there, people of God. And we say people of God, and it's funny. He's like, he's an awesome man of God. She's an awesome woman of God. But it's we're using our faith, and God is the awesome one. He's the one using his awesome power through us with the Holy Spirit. So, Reverend Annie Duran, I know she's been to our church. I didn't have the pleasure of seeing her at our last building that we were in because I was with the children. And she was really good. And Reverend Leanne Sosby was really good. But I really enjoyed Reverend Jim Hockaday. Hockaday, sorry, it's right here. I'm reading it sideways because I have other things I want to look at. But So, as they were speaking about making things easier and started praying and we were praying in the spirit, I always wondered what, when they talk about rhema, oh, it's, it's electric. I've never really experienced that so much, maybe a little bit. But while he was, while they were praying, I started to feel the electricity build in the presence of the Holy Spirit in that church. Why? Because everybody there was expecting something. Everybody there was expecting something good to happen. Everybody there was open to the Holy Spirit. Everybody there was praying in the Spirit to allow him to come down and work. And anybody ever been called out? If I just pointed at somebody and I asked you a question, you ever feel like that feeling where you get like really warm? You're like, oh, someone, they want to talk to me. Well, that's what Reverend Hockaday did to me. But he said, he's looking around. I was in the second row, so I was probably about this far, where Chris is. And he said, he like paused for a second, and he's looking around, and he says, looks right at me and he says, what does L4, L5 mean to you? Now I'm like, <laughs> kind of caught me off guard. I didn't know what to say. Well, I had a back injury that was, uh, it was a protruding disc. There's many names for it, but it was sticking out of my spine and like way out. You saw it in the, in the uh, x-ray. And that was where the injury was. He says, you're healed. Now, I didn't feel that whole heat around my whole body like I was, like, embarrassed or nervous. I just felt it in that spot on my back, my lower back, where it was being healed. And now, when I tell you the love that I felt inside, I was like, it's me this time. Not, I want something better for you. I received it like, this is for me. And it's so powerful to know, like, when, when you experience something, that God's like, oh, he does love me. And we can say it all we want, but a lot of times until we experience something, it, it's a little hard. You just, but you, that's why you, you have faith, and you just keep speaking things to happen. So I stood up, and I would have ran around the room, but that's not me. <laughs> so 
I just was jumping up and down. You can see me on video doing it. It's on the, if you go, I have the thing here if you really want to see me from behind jumping up and down. <sighs> no pain. The love of God was inside me at that point. And I just like had total peace and clarity too. Beside, so it wasn't just, oh, he fixed my back. Now I'm going to go on my way and, and go for a run. Well, I'll go for a walk first, but. But it was like his love, like, you know, I'm taking care of you. It's not everybody else and then you. It's everybody. And so I'm so thankful for that. And that's why I said, well, any one of us could have that if we just made things more simple. Just start praying. If you have a hobby, it's enjoyable, right? Well, when you pray and you get in the word and you're connecting with God, what I saw there was nothing like it. And so I'm not one to get on fire, get real high, or get real low. I kind of stay in the middle. But it's coming out. It's coming out. And it's, this big thing's going to happen. And one of the things I want to make a mention of is I can tell all you this. I don't know if there's any doubters in here. I would hope not. But I had a conversation on the phone a few days ago with someone, and I was trying to explain it to him. And this person doesn't go to church, so I wasn't bringing it to the Holy Spirit. You know, God healed me through the Holy Spirit, and this is all the things that happened with it. I was just telling him, you know, I, it's funny. People believe in mediums more than they believe in, in, in God talking to us. And so I was trying to explain it into, in a way that, and he's like, well, no, I don't know. I said, this guy doesn't know me. I've never met him in my life. And he said, well, it could be a common. I'm like, you're making all these excuses. You're trying to bring me down. And, and that's the negativity. That's what the devil wants is us to be like, you know what, maybe you're right. I don't believe it. But I do believe it. And we should all believe it. And we got to keep things simple. And then I'm like praising the Lord inside. I'm just not going to do it in front of you right now. I think it's been a few weeks. But it's awesome, folks. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, after we receive the offering, I'll do the worm. So I, I do say, if you want to learn more about prayer, I'm going to give a plug for uh, Reverend Jim Hockaday. He spoke on my level. He's not way up here. He's not down there. And he believes what he's saying. And he has stories and that's that's why we want you guys when you have successes kev got his new car yesterday we want to talk about it we want to celebrate with you so now we'll get on to the second thing i'm going over i know but she knew i, I was going to talk about this so before we give can we bring up the roof project So we received last week $196. We have remaining $14,609. And a total received $2,391. Don't forget, that number was more than doubled when we started at the beginning of this year. Last year. But we'll have that paid off. Henry said a couple months. I'm, I'm going to agree with him. And so before we fill out the envelopes, did we pass those out yet? Please do. Thank you. I always, anytime I'm coming to church, I mean, 
I don't know how often I do it, but I always make sure I do it before I come into this building. I have my paper somewhere. We all know the scripture. Just let me find it in my Bible. But it's about forgiveness before we walk in those doors. Are we holding any grudges against anybody? Am I for, when I'm talking about forgiveness, you don't have to be best friends with the person. You just have to forgive them in your heart. You don't have to spend time with them. Sometimes when somebody does us wrong, we'll stay mad at them. You don't have to stay mad at them. Forgive them in your heart. You don't have to talk to the person. But God knows your heart. Yeah, it's in here. It's in the Bible. Well, the scripture I'm looking for is in the Bible. But I took the paper out. But it's, it's, it's Mark 11, 24. And it's one of my favorite scriptures. I stood on it for a few years, and great things happened. And that was the only scripture I would pray on. And another example of me wanting something for someone else when we were looking at our house, I said, Lord, it's not for me. Just do it for my wife. And as people, we kind of do that. I don't know if you don't want to give if you don't want to bless me just bless her I'll just receive the overflow but It's hard to talk and look at scripture at the same time I'll spend I know I think I'm going to just go the rest of the time here Thank you Woo I don't know I'm going back and forth cuz I have All right I tell you, you can pray for anything. There's that word pray again. And if you believe that you've received it, will be yours. Continue. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. doesn't say buy him a cake. Get him chocolates or flowers, men. That's something totally different. But when you have... When you have not pure, I can't find the word right now, but when you feel good in your heart that you can talk to God, that's what that is. No grudges. And then he's going to want to bless you. The second you bring that back, you get angry, there goes your blessing. And it's the same with your healing. If you want to be healed and whole, do not hold grudges. Amen. I think I was up here long enough. If anybody wants to talk to me about my experience or Reverend Jim Hockaday or any of those speakers or how the prayer conference was the rest of the time, I was kind of popular. People would come up, you're that guy that got healed. I said, yes, I was. In Jesus' name. I think he was a little jealous. Usually everybody loves him. They were loving me. I'm like, Yes. All right, we could all stand and uh, read the confession. <laughs> you forgave me, right? Ready? Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, Settlements, estates, and inheritances. Interest and in income, rebates and returns. 
we receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can uh, put your offerings, bring your offerings up, please. I think the, the point that you were making is it goes along with what we were saying this morning. You know, sometimes our past and things, you know, he was like, well, I know that usually happens to them and that usually happens to you, but he called me out. <laughs> and sometimes you, he, he said before that that separation from the past, you know, I'm not always perfect and I'm not doing, we look at what we're not doing and think that God's going to withhold from us because of that. Did you hear what I said? We think about what we're not doing and we think that God's going to withhold from us because of that. Yeah. And that's not the truth. Right. It says that our father in heaven withholds nothing good from his children. It's not a matter of if I do the right thing or if I don't do the right thing. Yes, we should strive to do the right thing. But what's grace for <laughs> on those moments where I may not have done the right thing? And so I think his point is today, he's saying sometimes we think that, oh, I'm going to have to go with this because maybe I haven't done the right thing concerning, you know, there's things that I could do in the natural. That's not how God works. God wants to heal everybody. He wants to heal everyone. And he healed him. Amen. And he sure is right. Every time we walked in any door, they're like, oh, you're the guy that's healed. And so I'm like, you guys are just solidifying his healing even more. And he's like, that's right, I am. <laughs> that's right, I am. Thank you, Mr. David. How are you today? Thank you for you and Tony to this morning for your ushering. Come on, give my hand this morning. We appreciate our ushers and our service team. Thank you. It's making an impact. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give. I thank you for every single person who's represented here online, in the house, wherever they are. I thank you, Father, for them. You see their heart. We say that we are cheerful givers in this church. And because we are, I thank you that the windows of heaven are open and that you are pouring out a blessing that we are unable to contain. I thank you, Father, that the door and the windows are open. And so our hearts are ready to receive. We are just as good at receiving as we are at giving in this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. Glory to God. Bless the Lord. Well, I hope to see you on Wednesday evening for those who can come. Uh, we have a family prayer night. And so bring your family. We're going to pray. And then if you say, well, it's just me, that's okay. You're part of the family. So come on. 
and uh, come and pray with us. We will stream. We'll stream online. Uh, you might not get all of it just because it will be different sections of the room, but you'll get the gist of it. You'll get the gist of it. And so pray with us online if you're unable to make it. Um, but we'd love to see you uh, on Wednesday. We had a wonderful time of prayer together, and uh, we will continue to do so. On your way out, for those of you who were not here on Wednesday, uh, there is uh, some cards on the table out there, and they look like this. Uh, and it will change periodically as we move forward with the building project, the construction project. And so it has our current prayer focus on it. Uh, that's for you to just know what we've prayed for. We prayed that out on Wednesday, so we don't have to pray for that again. But there's a confession, a daily confession regarding that current prayer focus. We ask that you would join in agreement with us and just thank God concerning that the daily confession there. And then we'll put our needs on there as we go. Right now, the current need is to get this roof note paid off. And so we could get that behind us. So when we sell this facility and when we uh, get the construction loan, we don't have to take $14,000 and put it towards that. That's money we can use to furnish the building and do different things of that nature. And so that's, that's why that's coming uh, first as the need. Now, um, we did have uh, some meetings with the town. We had about six individuals here on Thursday uh, afternoon from the town, the town administrator, and along with uh, selectmen, the, the marshal, the farm marshal. And so they definitely are interested in this building. And so we are going to see how we can make that happen. And so they want to put the library services for Dayton here in this building. And so they've already mapped it out. They went along and saw which rooms they want this and that in. So that was good. It was a great meeting. Uh, we sit in a very good place with that. And so continue to thank God for his favor. Glory. Amen. Thank God for all that he's doing concerning this project. We believe uh, that it's, it's getting done and, and we're going to see uh, it move along pretty quickly. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I have one more announcement at the end. I'm going to put my sticky here. I want to say it at the end so we remember. Uh, we'll do that. You ready for the word? We have a few minutes here. Glory to God. Uh, we're in a series called Kingdom Living. Uh, we're going to wrap this up probably by next week it's because now we're in uh, the season, what some call Lent. You know, we're in the season for Easter and all of that. Uh, and so we'll be talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and we're going to look at it from what that means to us today. You know, what does that mean? It's great. It's not just a story. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. But uh, we'll finish this uh, today, and next week we'll wrap this up, and then uh, it, once the season is over, we might go back and do a couple other things regarding kingdom living. And we've been talking about church attendance specifically. Uh, last week, we finished answering the question, why we assemble? Uh, today, I want to talk a bit about the how uh, we assemble by starting with my commitment as the pastor to this body. And uh, also, we're going to be talking about your commitment as members of the body. Uh, for those who have gone through the transformation track, there's a document. I think I might have put it up there um, it's the uh, Partnership Covenant. I think it's like a, yeah, there we go. So um, it will look familiar to you. It's called our Partnership Covenant. And everyone who goes through the Connection class uh, receives one. 
And then if the Lord leads them to connect with the church, with the, with the faith family, they complete that. We give you your, you know, your copy back and we keep a copy for our files. And, you know, it seems very formal. And why is that? Is it because we like paper? No, <laughs> I don't like paper. I think we use too much paper in this world. I'm like trying to look for just a room just to put all my paper in. Anybody with me for filing? Oh, I can't stand it. The reason we introduced this form a number of years ago was uh, not just to formalize the process, uh, but it was, we, we started seeing a disconnect uh, with individuals really knowing what it meant to be a part of a church. And that disconnect uh, or that lack of knowledge uh, really affected how, how, they came to church it, because they didn't understand what it meant to be a part of it, how they did church, we could say it that way, was affected and, and not in a good way. And so we, we thought about it and said, we, we've got to let people know how important it is. And that's why we put the transformation track together, a starting point uh, into uh, the church. Now, for the past, past few weeks, we've talked about why we assemble, and I believe the Holy Spirit clearly uh, showed us the purpose uh, for assembling, why we do. I believe that that's, uh, he showed us for, for us what we needed in this church. Again, anytime I minister, it's not exhaustive. <laughs> There's so much more, so many different ways we can go. But I'm endeavoring to follow him for what we need at this time. And so uh, I believe uh, we are members of the body of Christ. I know we are. And God has a purpose for us collectively and individually uh, and that's why we talked about that's the reason why we assemble so if you've missed any of that you can go online and, and watch that again but when you become a part of a faith family and we had the joy and honor of welcoming some new family members last week that's always a nice thing always a great thing my favorite thing to do and uh when we do that the commitment is a two-way street it's a two-way street as a pastor, uh, we'll look at some of the commitments that I uh, make to you as members, and they're all taken from the Word of God. Uh, the first one is I commit to please God. You see that there? I commit to please God, and, and, uh, which means I listen to Him and I obey Him. Am I perfect in doing it? We've talked about perfection this morning a little bit. Uh, no, <laughs> I may miss it from time to time. That's just how it goes. Uh, I have a responsibility to please him just as you do. So that's my first responsibility. We as believers have a responsibility to please him. Uh, and I will give an account to him for the things pertaining to my calling. You <laughs> will give an account to him for the things pertaining to your calling. Now, you may not be called into fivefold ministry, but you've been called to do something by the Lord. There's a call on your life. You heeded that call. You took the first step when you received him. Now the job is to become aware of what the rest of it is. Amen? To get to know and, and, and not figure out. I don't like that word. Figure out what you're supposed to do. Just become aware of it because it's in you already. It's in there already. And the more you just stay in and open up to him, like we said, the more he'll reveal that to you. But we'll give an account of 
what did you do with what I put on the inside of you? Or what did you do with what I put in your hand, right? So I, I will give an account things, uh, for things pertaining to my calling. And sometimes the things I do to please God may not make sense to people as the pastor of this church. It may not. <laughs> uh, things that my parents did didn't make sense sometimes. Uh, but that's how it goes. We endeavor to listen to the Holy Spirit and we put him first. Amen? I'm committed to pleasing him. So uh, in, in addition to pleasing God, you can put the next one up there. The next one is in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12. It's for uh, the perfecting of the saints, to perfect the saints. Now again, that word perfect is misleading. <laughs> uh, it means to be mature or complete. That's what, when we see that word, uh, that's, you know, we think perfect. Oh, we'll be doing this till Jesus comes and beyond. <laughs> well, it's becoming complete and mature in him. Uh, but in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, let's read that together. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I like the New Living Translation. I think we might have that up there. It's talking about pastors, and it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So to perfect or equip, and I do that first uh, by ensuring we get a good and well-balanced meal from the word of God. There is no good meal spiritually apart from the word of God. And uh, then we have prayer, we have events, we have other programs that also assist uh, and, and align with the mission of this church, which is to mentor individuals into the image of Jesus Christ, to strengthen families and impact communities. And for us to do that as a faith family, we've got to be equipped. And here's the thing, the best part about this, we are equipped. <laughs> we've already been equipped. So again, I'll use the same uh, terminology I just used, is just my job is to really make you aware that you've been equipped <laughs> and how you've been equipped because we've all been equipped, amen? And so uh, you are fully equipped by the Lord to do anything that he's called you to do. And that is something that we need to know and we need to walk in. And so uh, to also ensure that you have opportunities in this body and for this body to use the gifts that God has put on the inside of you. Uh, that's another way that we do uh, that second commitment. Uh, when I say body, you know I mean the body of Christ, right? This church family. We sometimes use terms and not everybody knows what we mean. When we talk about this body, I mean this church, this church family. I like to say faith family. Uh, another part of my commitment is to feed and protect the flock. Part of equipping is feeding. And as I said, I commit to do that, and I will continue to do that, being led by the Lord uh, in what we teach and preach in this church. And uh, I will encourage, instruct, correct, exhort uh, with honesty and patience. Uh, that is my commitment to this house as he leads me. Uh, one of the ways I protect this family is to first protect this pulpit. So if the Lord doesn't tell me to have someone come, minister at this church, they're not coming. That's just the way it goes. They're not coming. As a church, we receive numerous requests 
from people to come. Uh, but that's where the protection starts, because once you let it in the door, <laughs> yeah. it's harder yeah. to protect. And so we've had to do that in the past. We've had, to, we've had people that other people said they were great, and we took their word for it. <laughs> and they came, and then guess what? He had to get up and undo everything that they said, right? And I was part of the one saying, yeah, have them. <laughs> you know, so I'm not saying that they were the ones. No, we heard they were good, and so we did. And then we had to undo everything that was said. And that's, it's hard to do that. Because it's like, you know when you see, watch court shows, and they say things, and the, the lawyers put things in, the attorneys put things in, and they say, strike that from the record. I'm like, you can't unhear it. It's already heard. And I'm a human. I can't just dismiss that. <laughs> you said he might have done it. <laughs> So, you know, I can't just dismiss it. I'm human, I, you know. And so that's kind of, you know, once you hear it, it's heard. And so it's out there. And so that's my first way to protect is by doing that. And we've caught a lot of grief over that. We've, we've gotten a lot of, why don't you get involved with this one? They're great. This one, they're great. Go to this meeting. You guys don't participate. You stay with the same group of people because we know them. <laughs> and we've seen their integrity. Not saying that other people don't have integrity, but we know them and have known them since the 70s, most of the people we're affiliated with. He mentioned Reverend Jim Hockaday. Jim Hockaday was at Rama when we were. He was part of the Rama Singers and Band, traveled with Brother Hagen for years, and then ran prayer and healing school at Rama for years. <laughs> now he has his own ministry. And so, uh, you know, there are individuals that God will put in your life that he wants you to learn from. And so that's the first point of protection for me. That's how I feel. Uh, and I also pray for each of our members, and that is part of my commitment to protect our members. Uh, pastors are referred to as shepherds in the word of God. And I think about David, the shepherd, not as King David, but when he was a shepherd. And David spent lots of time fellowshipping, and communing with the Lord when he was out there. And from his relationship with the Lord came supernatural strength to fight lions and bears. <laughs> and kill them and win. Now, I ain't fighting no lions and bears. <laughs> lions and bears get out of the zoo and come in this area. Maria's in hiding, just to let you know. <laughs> I would make a good meal. And so <laughs> I am not going to be doing that. But... Think of your lion and your bear in your life. They may not crawl on all fours, <laughs> but we've got them and we face them. And so uh, supernatural strength from the Lord, from my fellowship and communion with him. And so that's another way. I stay close to him and, and rely on his supernatural strength to protect this body. Uh, I believe that as I pray, God reveals things in the spirit that I need to pray for members of this body. If you're connected to this body, uh, you are being covered in prayer. You don't even have to call and, uh, and, and say, uh, oh, I need prayer for this. You can. We like when you do that. But you don't even have to sometimes. Sometimes we'll be doing what we need to do, and God will bring you to our hearts and we'll pray. And so know that you're covered in prayer. Glory to God. Uh, and then, uh, so that's part of the protection uh, piece of it. And then go to the next one, Mr. Ivan. To be an example. Uh, I can stand here and tell you with 100%, 100% uh, 
certainty that my dad and my mom practice what they preach. Now, again, am I saying my mom and dad are perfect? Well, to me they are, but they're not. They, they make mistakes. And, but I can tell you they practice what they preach. I, was, I lived with them all my life. And I can tell you what they stood up and they preached, they lived. And they modeled being an example, being an example for me. And so that is my aim. That's my aim to be an example, just as they were. And they are. They continue to be. Uh, if they were preaching it, they were living it. Uh, you know, that's just how it was. And so I want the audio and the video of my life to be in sync. I don't want to just be saying things and then y'all be like, huh, <laughs> what's going on here? She's saying one thing, but she's doing something else. I don't want that. And again, I'm not perfect with it, but uh, I'm listening to the Lord. It's not enough uh, to preach or teach a great message that, you know, that's not what counts. What counts is living the message. If you look at James chapter 3 and verse 16 in the message, it says, it's the way you live, not the way you talk that counts. It's the way you live. We can stand up and say all kinds of things. I have someone that I go to on a weekly basis, and he's like, man, I wish I had your job. And I'm like, huh? He's like, you get up, and people give you money, and you tell them what to do every week. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, what? You really got it twisted. He's like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. You know, he's, he's, not a, he's been in church before. But he's, you know, he's someone that provides a service to me. I'm like, well, um, that's not quite how it works. <laughs> that's not quite how it works. And I was, talking, who was, I was talking to someone about this the other day. And they were like, oh, yeah, I know who I was talking to. And they were like, you can't even get people to come in the door. <laughs> You're over there telling them, come to church. I'm like, right, <laughs> right. No, but it really is, you know, the world's perception is that. The church is all about money. And you stand up and tell people what to do. I'm like, doesn't quite work that way. And so it's important that our message matches what we're living. It's important. So if, if we teach something, and if I teach something, and you say, well, she sure needs some help in that area, and she needs to be doing what she's preaching, you can rest assured that God's probably already talking to me about it, and I'm working on it. So pray for me. <laughs> pray for me, because that's usually how it is. Uh, I'm walking it out. Um, as a certified member of the Maxwell leadership team, which is what the John Maxwell team is called now, um, we have access, I'm, I'm licensed to teach like many of John's books, a lot of his books. And John has a lot of books. He has over 100 books. And so I'm licensed to teach a lot of that on leadership development and, uh, you know, communication and that kind of thing. And so I can get up and if a, if a company calls and says we need some, you know, maybe time management or, you know, conflict resolution and I can look it up and I can print down some pretty slides and then go teach it. Yeah, I'm ready and get paid, you know, whatever. Well, that's how a lot of the team members do it. I can't do that. I can't do that because I have a hard time and you'll know that I am not practicing any of that stuff. <laughs> I can only preach and teach what I've been doing. And now I may have only learned it for two weeks and I'm walking it out. I can teach it and tell you how it's made a difference in my life these past two weeks. 
but I'm going to be honest with you. You would totally know if I'm teaching you something that I have no idea what I'm teaching. So look at the slide. I'd be so out. I'm like, how do people do that? <laughs> but that's how it's designed. That's how the, te the, the team is designed, where at the drop of a hat, you can go teach. Well, just rest assured, if I'm not practicing it, if I'm not walking it out, or at least starting to walk it out, you're not going to hear it from me. <laughs> Because I, I, I want to be an example of what I'm teaching. And so I think that's very important. I don't want to just say, they said this really works if you do it. Let's try it. No, I don't want to do that. I want to start work, walking it out. And as the Lord teaches you, you have the responsibility to do what he tells you to do and to experience some of that. You have the experience. So then the more you talk about it, the more you grow in it with anything. The more you talk about it, the more it becomes real to you and you grow with it. So the same applies to the word of God. God will give me revelation on some things. I may have just started walking it out, you know, it, from that revelation. But the more I talk about it, the more revelation and clarity will come. And so my commitment is to be an example in word and in deed. Amen. I'll give you an illustration of this. A few months before our leadership transition occurred, I spent time with the Lord concerning uh, the transition in this church. And something that he showed me that we really needed was clarity around our vision, mission, and values. Because that is our calling as a church. That's what we've been called to do. Like I, I told my leadership team, we're not called to meet every need in Dayton. We're called to meet the need that aligns with the mission, vision, and values that God has given us. Those are the needs we're supposed to meet. Other churches have callings. They'll meet the other needs. And so we meet aligned to that calling that God has on our church. And so uh, in talking to him about that, uh, he said something you need to do is be more consistent in, in talking about our mission, our vision, our values, and we're doing that. We're, we spent a lot of time talking on it, and I'll bring it up uh, during different messages that we do to make sure it's in front of us. Um, so in obeying him concerning that, I took the time to teach on it. And one of the values of this church is honest communication. And this goes under the point of me being an example to you. And the value reads like this. We practice the golden rule of communication, meaning we communicate with others the way we want to be communicated with. Honest communication builds trust, provides clarity, prevents or resolves problems, and creates better relationships. In a marriage, half of the things we go through, if we'll just do this, you know, someone talk, someone talk, you know, and listen, not, <laughs> you know, we'll be better off. It will take us further down the road. Uh, but everything stops when we stop doing this. When we, when we do this, everything stops. And in any, in any relationship that we have, even with the Lord, you stop talking to him, your relationship's going to suffer. And so honesty goes a long way. And so the verses we use to support this, one is in Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 19, verse 14. 
It says, may the words from my mouth and the thoughts from my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my defender. You can put up the next one. James 1.19, remember this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and should not get angry easily. And then the next one. Ephesians 4.15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Now, the verses don't have the word honest in them, do they? Did you notice that? It didn't say, you must speak honestly. It doesn't have that. But they address the things that will close the gap <laughs> between, uh, you know, between dishonest and honest communication. That it addresses that. For my thoughts and words to be acceptable to the Lord, like we read in Psalm 19, they must be true and honest. They must be true and honest. And then when my words are kind and well thought out, that was in Colossians, I think, 4, 6. Uh, when my words, do we have Colossians 4, 6 up there? There we go. Everything you say should be kind and well thought out so that you know how to answer everyone. Mm. Yeah, so when my words are kind and well thought out, I'll know how to answer people, and I'll answer them honestly. And I'm learning to say, I don't have the answer for that right now, but I'll get back to you when I do. Because that's hard for me to say, if you know my personality. I want to fix everything, and I want to fix it now, like yesterday. And so I'm learning to say that. And I feel I have to answer everybody right away. And God's telling me, pause, don't answer. Don't answer. So this is, I'm walking this out. This is me being an example to you. Um, the Bible instructs us to be quick to listen and slow to answer and not to get angry easily. If I practice these things, I'm going to have honest communication. This is something I feel we lack in church and in our daily lives. Right now, in this day and age, it can be tough to be honest with people because people get hurt and offended so quickly. It's just where we're at, and it's going to get worse. So it's hard sometimes for us to feel that we can be honest with people. Uh, but honesty matters to God. It matters. An honest, honest heart receives from God. And so when our children are young, we teach them, tell the truth, and you could see them hit their sibling right in front of you, and through the peripheral view, you saw him smack that. And you go, why did you do that? And what will they answer? I didn't. What? I am not blind. I know you hit that person. So they're not, we teach them, and we call them out on it every opportunity we have when they're not honest. Well, <laughs> uh, when we get older, we tend to diminish what being honest looks like. <laughs> and this is what God has been teaching me. I've done it many times, and you probably have too, for the sake of an argument or because you know the person won't receive it and you don't want to hurt their feelings, you weren't completely honest with them. Well, take out the word completely, you weren't honest with them. <laughs> we, we put words in there like that to make it sound a little less like a lie. We weren't honest with them, right? I'm not being malicious with my dishonesty. I'm not like just straight up lying. I'm protecting them. We use that one. 
I'm protecting them because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I know they won't receive what I'm going to say, but does the Bible tell us to do that? No. We just read Ephesians 4.16. And it, it tells us to speak the truth of the word of God in love. And so it, Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 are great verses for followers of Jesus to camp out in because it talks about what a mature Christian looks like. It talks about what a mature disciple of Jesus looks like in our marriages, in our relationships, at our jobs, in church. It addresses all of that, the book of Ephesians. And so it's a good, good chapter uh, to look at. And in Ephesians 4.15, it tells us to speak the truth of the word in love. And I don't mean to go around telling people off. I, that's not what I'm talking about. And telling them your opinion. I'm, that's not what we're talking about here. Because there's a difference there. There's a difference. Pastor Keith Moore shared this a few years ago, and it came up in my heart uh, again. Uh, and this, is, this will give you an example. This will tell you where I'm coming from as a pastor with this. Uh, they give away More Life Ministries. If you want any material from Keith Moore, it's free. You can go online. You can download all of his messages. And it's free, and you don't have to pay a dime. If you go to his church and you like the message or you like his previous series or his music, anything, you go to the Word Supply, partners uh, fund that, and you can take home CDs and DVDs at no cost to you. So an individual, God told him to do that. And so he sews it. Now he has a project of having it done in like a bunch of different languages, and he's going to give it out free. So a woman came up to him after a service one time, and she said, Pastor Moore, I just want to thank you so much for all of the things that you've given to us for free. I think I've listened to every one of your messages, and I've never paid a dime. Thank you so much. I feel bad that I haven't paid a dime, but thank you so much for doing that. And he said, oh, that's okay. It's no problem. That's what we do. God told us to do that. She said, okay, goodbye. So they left. They walked away from each other, and God said, what you did was not right. And he said, what you said was not right. And he said, what do you mean? I told her it's all right. He said, no, it's not all right. It may be all right to you, but you're misrepresenting me. It's not all right to me. He said, the reason she brought it up is because she's had money and I've told her to sew it to you and she hasn't. And you misrepresented me. Keith said, oh, <laughs> okay, I understand. So I have people that come up to me all the time and tell me, I'm, I'm coming to church on Sunday. And we say, okay, wonderful, good to, great, it'll be nice to see you. Three weeks go by, we still haven't seen them. And I say, it's okay, no problem. Is it okay to God that a person misses church three weeks in a row? I don't mean because they're sick or things like that. I mean, they're out partying instead of coming to church. That's what I mean. They're out, you know, at this event or that event instead of coming. That's what I mean. When you have the opportunity to come, but you don't. Then don't say anything, right? The easiest thing to do is just don't tell me you're coming. Right. Don't say it. That is honest communication. I ain't coming. You just don't say it. And for me, honest communication, I've learned this is what the Lord is teaching me to say. You know what? It doesn't, doesn't affect me. What I think doesn't really matter. Get with God, ask him what he thinks, and then do what he says. That's honest communication. What I think doesn't matter. But get with God, ask him what he thinks, and then just do what he says. That's what matters. 
And that's what he's teaching me to say. Because for me to say, it's okay, no problem, I'm misrepresenting him. Because we just did a whole series on why it's important to assemble. So I'm lying. It's not a bold-faced lie like we say, but it's not being honest. I'm not saying what's in my heart to say. And so that person is, is not getting God's heart. I'm, I'm not allowing them to have it. What should we say? Yeah, what should we say? Yeah. Well, I just told you what I'm going to be saying. <laughs> right? I'm, my thing is, it, it really doesn't matter to me what I think. It doesn't matter what I think. It's just my opinion. It doesn't matter what I think. But get with God. Talk to him. And then do what he says. Do what he says. And you put it on them. <laughs> this is with anything. But when Brother Moore said that, that that's misrepresented, I thought, wow, that is really good. Because I'm the type, my go-to, and you're going to hear me change it, but my go-to is all the time, that's no problem, it's okay, that's no problem, it's okay, that's no problem, it's okay, I didn't get to, it's okay, it's okay, it's no problem, it's okay. But it's not. I'm like, inside, I'm like, I just, I should be honest. Because it's not okay. But there's a way that you can say it where it, in love, amen? Not, you need to, no, <laughs> no. We just need to be honest, though. And there's a way God will, if we want yes, to be honest, yes, yes. the Holy Spirit will tell us exactly Good what to God. say, and it will be received. Yes. Amen? So if we're having a conversation and something comes up, and I go, it's okay, it's all right, and you see me go, <laughs> swallow hard, <laughs> swallow real hard and go, um, maybe, <laughs> and say something else, you know that that's God dealing with me and being an example to you. <laughs> about honest communication. That's just one of our values. We can sit here and go through each of the values and, and, and each of our mission and all of that. And, and, you know, and me say, this is how God's telling me, you know, what I haven't done. All right? We can. All right, so I'm going to stop there because it is 1124. We have more uh, to do, and uh, there's more scriptures I want to give concerning this. But do you, did you get something so from good. that? So all right, good. good. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, you know, when the Lord gives you some examples, sometimes you think, how does this connect? But he knows what he's doing. Amen? He knows what he's doing. And so this is all a matter of bringing us up to that maturity. I want to be mature. Mature Christian. I don't want to be saved 40 years and be the same. I don't want to be this way next year. I want to be more mature next year in him. And so if we'll uh, let him order our conversation order the things that we do, he'll be pleased. Amen? And we'll grow up. All right. So before we go, I just wanted to make this quick announcement. We are going to have, I announced this on Wednesday, an Easter choir. And this will be for individuals who maybe you've sang before and you want the opportunity to do so, but uh, you can't come to rehearsals on Saturdays, that kind of thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to have an Easter choir. We're going to do the song, I Speak Jesus. We'll probably do it at the end of the service on Easter Sunday. So if you have that gift of singing, uh, you could see Z. Z, raise your hand. See Z. You know, she's our lead up there. Uh, so you could see her. She will get your name and your cell phone number. And uh, she will get your name and cell phone number. 
and she will uh, text you a link to the song so you can start learning it. Next Sunday and the Sunday after, we will have a quick rehearsal. It won't take long if you do your part. Learn the song at home. We're going to do it with the track, make it easy for all of us. And so learn your part at home, which is just the melody. Just learn the melody at home. And then when we come together, get the words down. We'll have the words for you, but always good to have some words down. And then we'll have a quick rehearsal after service next Sunday and the Sunday after. I would say 15, 20 minutes, we should be good if you're doing your part at home. So if you would like to be involved in that, you can see Z after service today and she'll uh, get your number and you'll get a text from us this week with the song and we'll rehearse next Sunday after service for a few minutes and the Sunday after and then on Easter Sunday we're going to have some fun speaking the name of Jesus in song. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Go ahead and stand with me for those who participated online. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. For those of you who are in the house, thank you for coming. I, I know that God has great things in store for us this week. Come on Wednesday to family prayer night. Don't forget family prayer night or join us online. Father, thank you for this opportunity to assemble. You're teaching us how to assemble, why we assemble, and you're teaching us to become mature in you and complete in you, and we're grateful for it. Thank you for every single person here. I thank you that all of their needs are met by your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.